This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Sports Edition. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist. We're going to title this one Best Foot Forward. That's a little mysterious to me. I got to learn more about that in a minute. Let me introduce my co host, Chuck Nice. Chuck. Hey, what's happening? Yeah, and I got uh, Gary O'Reilly. Gary, former soccer pro. Hi, Neil. Uh, all right, dude. And also uh, sports announcer. Yes. And so, so Gary, you cooked up this this episode, so I'm, I can't wait to find out what's going to happen. So tell me, tell me what you what you got in the oven. A question: What links a clinical podiatrist, a hundred and thirty thousand amputations a year, and a world class sneaker designer? Anyone? Mm. Have a guess? I, I'm, I'm going to say uh, an apocalyptic design war. I know. <laughs> it's, this is a... Hold that thought. Some, some Hold kind that of, thought. All, all, all answers accepted, but there is only one Some kind of Jason, Jason Takes Manhattan movie or something. <laughs> right. All right. right. So, right. So Texas this, Chainsaw meets Jason. All right. All right. So, so here, here we are. A little bit more uh, daylight to, and a little bit more of a reveal. So this show is about smart engineering, right? Innovative material science. Kick-ass sportswear design, all converging, as I said, to help people recover faster and live longer. The link to all of the... Recover from sports injuries, I guess. Mm, Patients. Oh, too soon. Sorry, sorry. The link to all the above is sadly diabetes. Um, Wow. So we are Mm. trapped, or are we, in a failing endocrine system? The results are only amputations, or is there a way to walk out of this particular hell. Uh, let me introduce our two guests. I, I see what you did there. Thank yeah, you I kindly. Too. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we caught that, Gary. I know. Good, Gary. Um, yeah. It won't happen again. 
<laughs> so Dr. Jason Hanft, the person that chose to question why things were not improving with his patients' conditions and then investigated. He is a foot and ankle surgeon and clinical podiatrist in Miami, Florida. This is the guy who had the gonads to then go out and do something about it. Uh, let me then introduce our second guest, an industrial designer, uh, Michael Ditorlo, with a client list that has included Google, Nike, Jordan, that will be the Michael version, uh, yeah, no. and Honda, as well as having been the design director at the sportswear giant Converse, winner of the Industrial Design Society of America Personal Recognition Award in 2019. So, Neil, please welcome our two guests, the good doctor, Jason and Michael. Well, excellent. Welcome. Welcome to Star Talk, guys. My gosh. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So, so let me say, let me start out by saying, um, could you just remind us why diabetes has anything at all to do with like circulation, which ultimately ends up in amputations? Because we hear that it has to do with, you know, your metabolism and processing of sugar. And then all of a sudden, somebody gets their legs amputated. Like, what? How do you, how do you get from here to there? Let, let's take a half a step back. Let's talk about who gets from here to there. So, so as of today, one in 10 Americans is diabetic. Mm. By 2025, it's going to be one in three. And two in out three of years? In three years? In three. What? Correct. Wow. And two out of those three will be black. No, that's so that is not an understatement. Right. People okay. of color and people, uh, Native Americans, have a 50% higher chance of becoming diabetic. Oh, my. Wow. So if you're looking at hundreds of millions of people around the world becoming diabetic, yeah. um, once they've had diabetes, the fluctuations in blood sugar affect the myelin, the covering of the nerves. And the nerves that are farthest from your central nervous system, your brain, have the longest amount of myelin. So this tissue, because of fluctuations in blood sugar, gets thicker and thicker, and the electrical impulse cannot be conducted. So they develop what's called peripheral neuropathy, loss of feeling in the hands and feet. And this isn't if you step on a nail, you can't feel it. This is small amounts of pressure you can't feel. So here you have this large group of people who lose the feeling in their feet, and they get small amounts of pressure over time, a shoe rubbing, a sock balled up, an inappropriate fitting shoe. This cuts off the local circulation, leading to a wound. Of all the wounds that occur in the U.S., roughly 3 million a year, 85% of those will become infected within six weeks. That's the pathway to amputation. Once you violate the tissue envelope of diabetic patient, bacteria get in, and that's the pathway to these 120,000 plus amputations a year. So Jason, so specifically, what are, what are the most common symptoms? The, typically, they have no symptoms um, oh, okay. because okay. they have no feeling. So oh, that's what I was going to oh. ask because oh, I, man. I read that the myelin is like a, I don't know, like a conductor. It, it allows the electrical impulses to run, you know, travel up your spinal cord and whatever. So if that stops or slows down, you just, you're not feeling anything then. Correct. So typically the only time that people present with a wound is when someone visualizes it. They don't know they have it until they either look, which most people can't see the bottom of their foot, or someone else looks at their foot. Oh. Is this nerve wow. damage repairable? Or is this just right one-way street? 
Right now, there's no cure for diabetic peripheral neuropathy. There are uh, adjuvant therapies, vitamins, et cetera, and there are medicines to manage the symptoms, but there is nothing to bring back the feeling. All right, Jason, medical science throws a lot of resources at a number of problems. Has it thrown the resources at this particular condition? Or is this condition just particularly baffling right now? It's quite baffling. Resources in the billions have been thrown at it, including uh, genetic modifications, gene therapy, oral medicines, injectable medicines, tissue transplants, and to date, nothing has worked. Wow. Well, that's our show, people. Thanks so <laughs> We're done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so dare, dare, allow me to dare such a suggestion that your only solution is for diabetes to go away. So curing diabetes doesn't cure neuropathy, even if you have patients who have peripheral neuropathy. And no, you- no, 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 no. I'm saying, no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm saying preventing diabetes in the first place, eradicating it from the species, puts you out of business. Is that correct? Oh, please. Yes, that would be wonderful. Okay, there you go. That's all I'm trying to say here, yeah. that, that we can try to keep putting Band-Aids on a problem when the problem perhaps should be solved in a different way rather than bring out all the Band-Aids and the, and the hacksaw for your amputations. I mean, this, this, that's all I'm saying. I'm just making a simple point. See, and that's, that's, that's the difference between a, a truly caring medical profession um, and, uh, you know, capitalism. The real real answer is, no, Neil, we don't want to cure it. Uh, We just want to find a way. (laughs) We want to keep treating it. Yes, yes. There's no money in the cure. There's no money in the cure. (laughs) Only in the treatment. (laughs) I I must ask, from from a patient walking into your clinic and with the fact they're now, they're aware they have a diabetic ulcer um, and things go wrong, what is the timeline? I know you said it could be six weeks if an, an infection. So what then is a timeline to amputation? And then what after amputation are we talking about for their future if there is going to be one? And how long are we talking about? So this would be, just to be clear, this would be an ulcer in one of your extremities yeah. that would go unnoticed and then gets infected. Mm-hmm. So this yeah, is okay. an ulcer in the foot, typically, because the hand amputation rate is 100 times less than the foot amputation you rate. Can see because them. you don't walk on your hand, and you can see them. Yeah. The real issue is the pressure of walking, right? Once you get a hole, the pressure of walking keeps the wound from healing. It doesn't allow the body's healing processes or even external healing processes to take place. Seven to 26 times your body weight goes on the bottom of your foot with every step. So if you're trying to heal a wound and you can't take the pressure off, low likelihood. So to answer wow. your question about timing, yeah. um, it depends. The extent of when the infection is identified, right? If you're at home, you don't know you have a wound, you're not looking at your foot. If this infection is spread to the bone, there's a very high likelihood, north of 70%, that you'll end up losing a portion and or all of your foot. Don't you, doesn't the body respond to infection with a fever? And wouldn't that be a noticeable symptom? So in the non-diabetic or healthy, non-immunocompromised patient, fever, redness, swelling, pain are the signs of infection. But the diabetic patient is considered immunocompromised and they don't mount the same type of response. 
So it frequently goes unnoticed. Dr. Jason, how many of your patients would you clinically identify as obese? Because that means that I may not be able to see my feet. I have been compounding, literally, the pressure and weight through my, my lower limbs. And it's built almost in a perfect way to end in a destructive process. I mean, the perfect storm, yeah. you're saying. Because if you're, if you're morbidly obese or obese in almost on any category, you don't really see the lower half of your body at all, right? Yeah. So this is absolutely correct. There are two types of diabetes, type 1 and type 2. Type 2 is by the vast majority. People are overweight, uh, increased BMI. So then not only can't they touch, feel the bottom of their feet, they can't see them. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, this is one of the pillars of why this epidemic has not only expanded and continues to grow, but has gone sort of a shameful mark has been put on it, right? Because people who are heavy have this. So let me ask you this. When, since there's no symptoms, we also know that you're at risk if you are obese. Is there any preventative uh, self-diagnostic uh, tools that you might be able to use uh, to say, hey, I'm in this risk category now. Let me keep an eye on this. A foot mirror. <laughs> well, that is, that is the simplest answer. Absolutely mm -hmm. correct. With new technologies, with Bluetooth-enabled maps, temperature sensing maps, Ooh. visualization and temperature measurement can be done remotely. So you can have a, a mat at the foot of your bed every night. You stand on it. It can measure temperature, pressure, and report to a cloud where a medical practitioner can follow up on that. So there's absolutely technology available to assist. But in the simplest format, a mirror on a stick or a spouse inspecting your feet daily. And, and the American Diabetes Association recommends regular routine visual inspection of the foot. Wow, look at that. It'd be great if it, as a part of, you know, your regular med medical uh, insurance, you'd be able to get some of those, uh, you know, technological um, assistance. But then you said mirror on the stick, it's over. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what you get. <laughs> You're like, I'd like to avail myself of some cloud technology. They're like, here's a mirror on a stick. <laughs> so, Doc, Jason, we've, we've, we're getting into a medical universe now that has brain-machine interfaces and that work and development, it, would that be of any use to this peripheral neuropathy? So uh, you can stimulate the central nervous system and you can interface with the central nervous system and trigger it. But when the wire leaving the junction box isn't working properly, nothing goes any farther than where that myelin has been thickened. Right. Right. It's like a jamming signal. That's crazy. Wow, it's, yeah. it's an accurate yeah. description. Is there yeah. a chemical, a potential chemical solution to, once it thickens to reduce that? There are a number of companies that have tried to date. Nothing has been successful in clinical trials. The best yeah. way to keep your myelin thin is to keep your blood sugar under control. So if you don't have these massive swings of blood sugar, the myelin doesn't get thick. And there's lots of technology for assisting and keeping your blood sugar under control. Continuous glucose monitoring, pumps that, in, that instill medications, yeah. Wi-Fi communication to phones, vibrating headsets. I mean, there's all sorts of devices available out there to help you control your sugar. All right, guys, we've got to take a short break. 
Uh, when we come back, we're going to find out why Michael DiTullo is actually one of our guests as well as <laughs> Jason Hanft on Star Talk. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops Driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. PXG.com slash StarTalk, code StarTalk. We're back, StarTalk Sports Edition. We're talking about your lower extremities, like your feet and boots that might be worn over them. And we got with us two guests, Dr. Jason Hanft, and who's an expert on, dare I say, amputations. And we bring on in this segment, 
uh, in full force, Michael DiTullo. Uh, Michael, you came in on the other side of this. Uh, what, what's your role and what's going on here? How are you trying to make this a better world? So, thanks, Neil. My background is as an industrial designer. Most people listening probably don't know what an industrial designer is. I but so know what it is, and you guys are my favorite people thank in you. the world. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Oh. It makes living uh, not only uh, helpful, but beautiful. Chuck, and so Chuck thank we're going to leave Michael I, and Neil gonna, to get, to get yeah, on. I was about to say, I'm going to have to turn my camera off for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was Neil's favorite person yeah. where I'm like, damn. No, no. This, <laughs> is, this is terrible news I just found out. <laughs> Neil and like I, uh, Rodney Dangerfield said, really? hey, get a room. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a Zoom breakout room for Neil and I. So, <laughs> but, uh, so I explained to people, like, if you think of what an architect does for buildings and what a fashion designer does for apparel, I do that for literally everything else in your life. Your, your phone, your pen, your car, your chair. For better or for worse, everything you touch was designed by an industrial designer at some point. And so uh, for me, I love working on challenges. I love learning. I always say I'm not a subject matter expert. I'm a creative generalist. So I love partnering with people like Jason who are super passionate and crazy knowledgeable because I feel like I could pull out of them some crazy parameters that we can use to find an innovative solution. And in most cases, I mean, when you're, you know, design is like this fun mix of science and art. And I think when you're, you're putting these two things together, the right solution oftentimes afterwards seems painfully obvious, but it's only until you get to that, that it seems that way, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, things like a paperclip. I mean, there were no right. paperclips before somebody invented a paperclip. Exactly. And so that, that's probably in the Hall of Fame of industrial design. Yeah. Um, uh, among things. So, so all right, so let's take a, let's take a, a sample case. 400-pound person with diabetes walks in, and, uh, and Jason has a look, and you have a look at this person. Now, how do you put your heads together and address what, what's going on here? Well, when Jason came to me about four years ago, the first thing we did was put together three basic principles. One, it has to functionally perform, obviously, right? We have to- But the it is now, the it is a what? You're right. So, so we wanted to create this protective boot, right? That would create an environment where someone's wound could heal, right? Because if you're walking, oh. right? If, you, if you're a person, a normal person, you're going to still go to work. You're going to still go to the grocery store. So you can't avoid putting pressure on your foot. So we have to create an environment that alleviates the pressure so that someone's wound can actually heal. So that's principle one, has to function. Principle two, it has to be easy to put on and take off because again, we're, we're dealing with a person with reduced mobility, reduced feeling, right? So they have to be able to put it on and off error-free even at two in the morning when they have to run to the bathroom real quick. And, and then, I'm going to channel Chuck here, and it has to look fabulous. Well, that's the third principle. So the, so the third, the third yes. principle is it couldn't work if it stays in someone's closet, right? Because if right. they right. feel too ashamed to go no, to exactly. work in it, um, right. it, it can't work. Right? It will fail 100% of the time that it's not used. Yeah. And listen, you know how many people need orthopedic shoes? Bots. They will not wear them. Yeah. They're, right. just, they're like, Good no, I, I refuse. Yeah. yeah. That is exactly what was going on here before, Chuck. The devices that were on the market, there are other boots to protect the foot. 
but people couldn't or wouldn't use them all because of that appeal. They were not usable or good looking. Yeah, right. So my goal is, my goal is if you put this on with a pair of jeans, you know, it's going to look as much like a pair of Jordans as we can make it. You know, so that instead of going, instead of someone saying like, oh, what's that? I want someone to say, oh, what is that? Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, very right. good. More, more importantly, more importantly, you want them to say, who is that? Who is, <laughs> oh, dear, am I? Those are, who is that? Yeah. Who, are who is wearing those? Yeah. Who are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> so what's crazy is that we're, we're building this out for function, right? But the world of fashion, you look at like what Kanye West is doing with Adidas, it's, like, it's not far off from where this is going, where, where a, a $600, $800 pair of Balenciagas is. Uh, so we're kind of like, these worlds are kind of colliding right now. All right, Michael, you mentioned Jordan, so we'll bring up the GOAT, if, the, uh, if you wish, and I do. You designing specifically for Michael Jordan, right? Back in your day. Now, that- Wait a minute, Michael Jordan has diabetes? No, do behave. <laughs> oh, come on, that was good. I know it was, but I don't want to give you any credit. I don't want to give you any credit. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Sorry, no, that's ahead, okay, man. So everything you've designed for him and every other elite world-class athlete has uh, maybe like a rise and you are pushing the foot forward so as the, the weight goes through the ball of the foot so as I can sprint, or maybe in this case, Michael rather than me, so you offset the heel. It's not a, mm -hmm. a, a level flat. So think of it as a skater's sneaker. It's flat to sit on a skateboard, right? Right. When you've got a, a sneaker that's like a, a basketball sneaker or a running sneaker, yeah, it's raised. The heel is raised. You've got to drop. That's putting pressure on the ball of the foot for a, right. a reason so as you can launch forward. Now, mm -hmm. everything you've learned to make that for those athletes, you have to kind of pull apart. So how do you start to do the retrofit because you can't put the pressure through the ball of the foot, surely? Yeah, that's exactly right. This is this is the Jordan 22 PE that I worked on. This has got a 10 millimeter drop, you know, from the from the heel to the toe. A running shoe might have even more. That's that's pretty common, right? They're anatomically like forcing you onto the balls of your feet, which is exactly where the wounds from a diabetic foot ulcer are. They're typically on the balls of your feet. You know, that's aggravating those diabetic foot ulcers. And mm -hmm. as Jason said, most folks who are getting treatment, they're, they're leaving the office in their shoe. So they're, they're leaving the office in the product that's aggravating um, their wound. Mm -hmm. so, so this product that Jason and I worked on, the Foot Defender, has a, a slight negative two millimeter heel drop. Um, it deceptively looks like a... a footwear materials, but underneath this is a, a injection molded brace that goes all the way around the product. And then we've got a piece of sprung carbon fiber here. So that is really forcing the geometry of your leg backwards. So you just cannot put pressure on it. The bottom is also flat. So unlike a, a sneaker, right, where you have these, these huge rockers kind of leading you into and out of the product by being flat, again, you can't get out over onto the balls of the feet. So there's so much kind of geometry and science that goes into this thing that deceptively looks a lot like a shoe. We developed, That's amazing. Yeah, we developed it. Michael. Go ahead, go ahead. Michael, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off here because first of all, ingenious design. Secondly, love the, uh, the form and function playing together. Thirdly, and most importantly, how do you get me Jordans? 
<laughs> he just wants. I just got. Just got to. Get Anyone else line. know that that was like just everyone coming. else? <laughs> just come. Just come visit me in uh, in Portland. Chuck will take care of you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that far from campus. <laughs> You've conquered the bit where the foot must move but remain rigid. You've redistributed the weight, but in doing that, are you then the blessing and the curse? Are you then creating other mysteries that you need to solve? in this particular solution? I'm going to let Jason take that. So the answer to your question is yes, but that's where 35 years of biomechanical analysis comes into play. Ah. So if you look at the foot really carefully, the mid part of the foot is a rigid arch. Mm -hmm. It rarely, if ever, touches the ground and it doesn't move. So you now have a structure by which you can transfer force to without causing a problem. Nice. And this is part of the reason... Well, this is part of the reason it took seven years and 39 iterations to get to the device you're seeing today, was once we, you know, force doesn't disappear. Neil can appreciate that. Um, but once you move force from one place to another, you have to come up with a mechanism by which to deal with it, whether you're decreasing it by creating unique materials, viscoelastic materials that rebound and push it in another direction, or you use very rigid materials to transfer it up the leg. Right, so because you're not making this out of just one, you know, one supply of, of rubber or plastic. Right. Did, did, was, were there commercially available uh, materials to do this? Or did you have to be creative beyond that? Both. So there were some in the footwear yeah. world. We used a number of materials that you would find in the footwear world. You know, wicking, anti-friction, foams, and and cloth materials, textiles. But we were looking for maximum impact attenuation, right? So you have a 400-pound person whose muscles don't work and nerves don't work, so their foot's slapping the ground. Much yeah. like you take your hand and just slam it on the table. So we, we looked at 700 different materials to try and find the best impact-reducing material around. And we then modified it so we essentially created a new material. It's a viscoelastic polyurethane that we are calling absorbium that has... Oh, wow. Wow. Oh. That. that sounds like something you find in Wakanda. Yes. No, <laughs> absorbium is next to the... Right, it's it's right, the you find it right next to vibranium. <laughs> yeah, and, and unobtainium is and in the same column. Unobtainium, exactly. So it, it, it removes somewhere between 87 and 90% of the impact force. Um, Wow. Just by the mechanical and material properties. Okay. Wait, wait, just to be, I, I hate to just to be precise, okay. just to be physics precise, I would say, but tell me if I'm wrong, that it dissipates the force. You are absolutely on point. Okay, okay. okay. Sends right, it someplace wanna... else. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but here's the thing. Now, guys, please don't judge me for this. It's just how I think. We do anyway, Chuck. So okay, don't worry. good. All right. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about something that is probably, you know, the most prolific shock absorber uh, for the foot in history. Um, there's a crap load of money in running shoes for something like this. I mean, are you thinking about that, maybe? Well, in, in some ways, it actually does the opposite, right? So in a, in a running shoe, you want the foam to rebound. Really quickly, ah. yeah. right? You want you want that force return. You don't want to lose the energy no, you put this coming is a, down. This exactly. is a dampener, right? Uh, so you want a return of energy if you're running, right? Mm -hmm. and it's this, a shock absorber, this, yeah, right? Is. So yeah. this takes. I got it. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and by the way, Chuck, that's it. why the blade 
the blade worked so well because all the energy that you used to oh, land yeah. on it oh, the is recovered right. when yeah. the thing springs right. back. It's that. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's a very different utility. Cool. Michael, if we disassembled this Defender boot, how many pieces are there? So, like you do an engine, the classic, take the engine apart and you lay all the bits out on the, on the table. How many pieces are in there? Because my yeah. guess is this has a ridiculously large amount of pieces. Yeah, it's probably over 100. I mean, there's just so many different things going on wow. inside of this product. I mean, Jason talked about that absorbium material. I even just wanted to aesthetically give you the hint of where those are, right? With, we talked about the industrial designer's job to make it functional, mm. but also I want to draw attention to that function. So the, there's those two pucks are under the, the heel and, and the forefoot here. So kind of visually telling that story. All right, can you, you know, hold that so up many... again? Could, Michael, can you hold that up again? See the sole of the shoe right there. The guys, if, if you're listening to this on the podcast, apologies. But that's yeah. like a foot within a foot within a foot. What's going on there? Because that, that, you can't tell me that's just cosmetic because it's on the sole of the foot and one gets seen. So there must be a really good reason. Well, it is. I'm trying to kind of basically draw the eye inward because we have a, a symmetrical product here, right? So it fits mm -hmm. left and right. So that right. automatically Correct. makes it aesthetically a little off. But I'm trying to kind of fool the eye to make it feel slimmer, more acceptable. Uh, you'll notice like all this traction is kind of oversized because you're wearing this inside and outside. And I want kind of dirt and grime to kind of fall out as easily as possible, but give you this, this traction that's going to give you that kind of the grip you want. Um, so we're actually using basically a capsule uh, technology. So this is like one giant piece of rubber that's, that's very stiff, um, that's used in kind of 80s basketball shoes, skate shoes. Uh, it's heavier and stiffer than a typical outsole, but we want that rigidity, right? So we're, we're, yeah. we're making all these choices to, 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 to have functional benefits. Even these, this little hint of these kind of red embroidered hits, right? You don't, they don't need to be there, but they tell you without you having to look at the manual, like this is how you get into and out of this thing. You, these are the touch It's points. called design. It's called design, people. So, uh, <laughs> All right, so it's very, very well, By the way, I got I to interject here. I got to interject. Yes, please. For those who didn't otherwise think about mm -hmm. this. I'm not talking to you, Michael, but Chuck or Gary. All right. Um, one of the greatest contributions to this world that Apple Computer gifted us mm -hmm. is not even the computer. It's the fact that they made it normal for you to open the package and operate something without ever looking at an instruction manual. That's right. Intuitive design. Intuitive. They, made, they made that Intuitive commonplace. Design. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember growing up, okay, here's this box. Right, where's the on switch? Open up the manual. Where's the on? Where, where's the this switch? What happens if it says this? If it makes this sound? It's three flashes of light. What do I do now? That We have people growing up that have never looked in an instruction manual because of that. I'm just, I've got, I told you, Michael, I'm all, yeah. me and you are tight. Get in a, okay. you get in a <laughs> Thank room you. to parry it. You <laughs> Thank you. Room. No, and, that, and that was my goal with this, right? Like this person, they, they got a, a life to live. I don't want them to spend time reading a technical manual. I want them to just yeah. get this thing from their doctor and be able to put it on kind of idiot proof. I hate that term, but, but you know, foolproof in terms of just putting it on correctly. Uh, and, and not have to read a manual and to be able to use it and heal. So, Michael, the boots open toed, which right. is great if you live in Florida all year round, but you're up there in a different latitude. It's cold. 
and your foot's cold. So how are we are we solving this problem with an open toe? Yeah, food? Michael, not everyone lives in Florida. What about us up there in Canada, eh? Very, very intentional, as you would have guessed, right? And and, and Jason yeah. could speak to this more, but uh, mo- most of folks that that have this condition, right, their their foot may be not a normal size. It might be swelling. It might be wrapped in bandages. Um, and Jason, do you want to speak to that from, from your professional? For sure. So everybody yeah. everybody that goes in a foot defender has an open wound. That wound requires a bandage. If you put a closed toe on it, you're now confining a space and you'll more likely get a rub or an area of pressure and it'll be self-defeating. Right. What we found in cold temperatures is people are using really high technology. It's called a sock. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you put a cold weather sock and even available are some... Uh, thermally assisted socks, right? They have a battery that can warm the foot. Yeah, I've seen those. Electric socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're totally toasty. Okay. So, so just just so our audience and I can remember, Jason, you're based where? Where are you now? South Florida, Miami. South. Oh, you and and Michael. Portland, Oregon, opposite corner. Por- oh, oh, Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. But it's never really sub freezing in Portland, right? It, it's always just yeah. It's just cold and dank. Yeah, you get a little snow, but but not much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So that's where the Miami connection is coming in. So you're in South Miami, Jason, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more on this sort of diabetic boot solution that might prevent amputations, which is something we would all want uh, when Star Talk continues. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash StarTalk. Visit IXL.com slash StarTalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. 
We're back. Star Talk Sports Edition. We've got Dr. Jason Hanft. Did I say that right, Jason? Hanft. Love it. And Michael DeTulo. Uh, uh, Jason is a uh, is a surgeon uh, who unfortunately is confronted with having to amputate uh, many a lower extremity from diseases, uh, complications from diabetes. And Michael DeTulo is figuring out how to not make that happen. And we need more folks like this walking among us in the world. Uh, so let's let's just pick up the conversation um, with this with this boot. Are we to say here that if you have a sore that develops on the bottom of the feet from complications from diabetes, this boot will allow it to heal? And do diabetics heal the way non-diabetics do, like on the same time frame? And do they respond to the same topical medicines, this sort of thing? Jason? Really interesting question. So the the best way I can give you the answer to that is diabetics don't do anything the same as non-diabetics. But we do know oh, that there it is, yeah. we do know that diabetics have the ability to heal because wounds elsewhere in their bodies don't lead to an amputation every 20 seconds. And that's in the United yeah. States. Every 20 seconds, someone in the US is losing their leg to the complication of a diabetic fiddle. Wow. That's that is that's, disturbing. Yes. It's something we don't talk about, right? It's like because because like Jason said, mm. there's this shame associated with it that someone feels like they're at fault. It's you hide it, you hide your wound in your shoe, you don't show anybody. And so I think a big part of what we're trying to right. do is just get this out into the open and be like, hey, there's no shame in this. Let's fix it. I, I love that because you know, this is one of the diseases that we often refer to as a lifestyle malady. And so the moment you add lifestyle to the description of the of the problem, it makes it seem like, well, you did this to yourself. You know, it's like lung cancer. People are far less likely to have compassion for a person with lung cancer. Like, oh, you shouldn't have smoked. That's, yeah, yeah. you know, you it it's, it's terrible. Interesting point. It's Interesting terrible. point. So, um, Michael, maybe you can answer this. You would have traditionally gone to a medical device uh, equipment manufacturer to do this, but you turned around because you weren't getting the results you wanted and went to a shoe factory. Am I right? And why? What, what, was, what was not being delivered for you in the yeah, medical what, equipment yeah, was, manufacturer that you there? could get with a shoe factory? We struggled for, for two years. We're, you know, we're, we're working with a, um, some, some medical device makers to hit the performance targets, but we, we couldn't get the fit and finish that made it feel like an acceptable consumer product, that made it feel like you could get it at Foot Locker, to be short. And so finally, we had a we were having a, a brainstorm session in in my my studio, Jason and I. And I was like, you know, maybe we're just thinking about this totally wrong. We were we were working with a medical factory who were exposing all the hard plastic parts, and it just was a real challenge to make it look right. And then every time we wanted to make a change to tweak the performance, like massive tooling costs. I was like, let's start thinking about this less like a medical device and more like a technical shoe that has to do something. And I think we'll be able to train a footwear factory how to make something with our technical parameters a lot easier than it would be to train a medical factory how to sew something like this. Um, so that's what led to hiding all of the technical parts. You could just see these little, little peaks of it. You could see a, a tiny peek into the carbon fiber here. We, we expose it subtly, but by hiding all of it, we could create this nice piece of footwear 
And then as we were prototyping and testing all different internal braces, we could make all those changes internally until we got the spec exactly right and then confirm that with the factory. And now we just check to make sure they're they're executing it exactly to the specification. Will you come live with me and design everything in my house? Uh, <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> do, do you do it all? Are you, do, do you, will you do something as simple as like a Michael oh, Graves teapot? I love it. No, no, no. Yeah. He's, if you're a designer, every, everything in front of you yeah. is subject to I, your I did this. I did scrutiny. this watch. Oh, my you know, gosh. So, you know, I... I yeah, there's no escaping I, it's, it. It's a, it's a curse. So, Michael, you've you've incorporated you've incorporated a pump right. into this boot, haven't you? Now, for those of us of a certain vintage, flashback to what was it? Late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, yeah, eighties. With the totally Reebok, 80s. you've gone Reebok retro with a with a high top pump yeah. in the. Wait, let me just remind people. So, was it yeah. Reebok? Yes. There was a pump. Pump it up, where mm -hmm. it was a high top sneaker. Oh, that's right. That that had an airbag in it where you put on the sneaker, lace it up, but maybe it didn't fit perfectly in all places. So it had a pump on it, which filled the gaps with air so that your entire foot would be more um, uh, smoothly, Snug, snugly, fit. snugly fit. Is that the inspiration, within the, Michael? Within the boot. Were you borrowing? And it lasted it's like six months, I think. Neil, you let, you took my whole description from me, but yeah, you got it. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just, I was just, I was just no. getting people up to speed no. so that we can now listen no, no. to you. It's awesome. No, and so Jason was like, hey, maybe we should uh, put this, put a pump in it to to fill the gaps, right? Exactly like you know, you nobody's two legs are exactly the same. Even though it's it fits great and performs well, there could be this ceiling of gaps. So you you fit it up and then you pump up the rest. And now you're you're basically just pushing the internal uh, sleeve in constant contact with the body, so you get this proprioceptive effect uh, that you feel much more secure. So, so the the Did bladder, I, the air bladder, would fill in where it needs to, and not fill in where it can't. But yes, because it's you know it's a, a, a totally custom fit, and then the right. bladder is basically shaped like a pair of lungs. So so uh, there's basically two, two chambers. Uh, it, it hovers over your heel. So you're kind of really locking the heel into place, you know. So again, we don't want to cause any more injuries. So any kind of repetitive movement inside is a potential for more injuries. Okay, so. Chris Rock was the lead performer in a Saturday Night Live skit uh, back when that Reebok sneaker was popular. And it was Thanksgiving dinner. And it was in the spirit of the pump of the Reebok. You, they now sold turkeys that you could pump up. <laughs> so the turkey... Had a little pump, and you can make it bigger if you had more people coming for Thanksgiving. It was a, just just look that one up on, on Google. You should be able to find it. So, so the other yeah. the other important and functional part of a pump is is not only fit, but you can imagine if you're trying to control forces, and the heel is pistoning up and down as the person walks because it's a rigid device. If you don't lock the heel in you're going to load the front of the foot. So it really, oh, yeah. it's all about this decreasing the pressure on the front of the forces on the front of the foot because that's where 88% of the wounds have. Wow. So how widespread is this product right now? Uh, it's available everywhere in the United States. We're shipping to other countries. We really had our first product launch uh, in April, commercially. Oh, Larry, that's nice. so, so, Congratulations. so, so recent. Okay, Congratulations. I heard first product launch. Um, uh -oh. You've, uh -oh. you've learned lessons from this. Obviously, it's taken more than five minutes to bring it from a clean sheet of paper to this, what is it, a Category 1 medical device? What lessons have you learned along the journey and how have you applied those then to new products? 
Um, I don't think this show has enough time for all the lessons we've learned. Our entire okay. team has has learned lessons because we're we're doing things that no one's done before. Nobody has built a medical device for the lower extremity that is patient centric, right? Everything we did is built so that a patient will want to use it because you know if you had rocket boots and patients wouldn't wear them, what good are they? So you've got uh, rocket we, boots. <laughs> not yet, <laughs> we'll get there. Um, Working on it. Oh, oh, by the way, not to not to beat a dead horse, but in the early days of the PC wars between IBM and Apple, Apple did not have much entry into the business world because IBM was already there, and Apple got great inroads into the art world. So then, how's Apple going to reach the business world? So they had a commercial where um, there's an Apple PC, there was a the Mac, and it there was a early in the Mac, and then there's an IBM PC, and and the two executives are looking at it. And they say, which one is more powerful, the Apple or the IBM PC? And then the person answers, uh, the one that's more powerful is the one that people want to use. And there was a line of people waiting to love use that. the Apple, wow. <laughs> the Mac. I love that. And, and there was like one person on the IBM PC. That, that's all it is. That's that whole principle. Mm. Are you using it? it? Then it's useful. We don't claim to be the perfect pressure-reducing device, but we really are pressure-reducing device that people can easily get on and off. And one of the things we discovered along the way was Michael and I and some other engineers spent a long time on this front spat, the interior brace that Michael showed you earlier, and how it almost auto-closes. You pull off three tabs, open it like a book, and then you let go and it falls back on itself. So it's really easy to do. But what we found was patients, about the first 50 to be exact, 49 out of 50, uh, adjusted it once, put it on and off like a cowboy boot. They just slid their foot in, slid it out. They leave it by their bed at night. They don't have to adjust anything. They just slide their foot right in. Mm. And the device isn't designed to fit skin tight. It's designed to fit. It's small, medium, and large. So uh, that's also where the pump part comes in handy. So if yeah. you're in between mm. sizes, it'll help. But right. with the device on and adjusted appropriately, it doesn't have to hug you tight or reduce circulation. Okay, so Michael, Jason just Jason just opened up a whole nother product line here, which is you make this out of ostrich skin and other common leathers <laughs> of cowboy boots, and you got yeah. a, you can start a whole new style. Oh man. Right. Tell me you about the market. Oof. Yeah, it's yeah, very, and alligator al you're, alligator you're, skin. You're corner to the Texas market. That's right. <laughs> So the, the other learnings we found in all of our business has been built on what patients have told us. We took, we, we essentially polled 5,000 patients and said, why aren't you using the devices you have? And the first answer was, I can't. The second answer was this stigma. I can't go to work and do it. And the third one was, when I get home, I need to take my device off because it's dirty from being out in the world. So here are these people that are protecting their foot all day. They come home and they walk around in a sock or a flip-flop or a slide. And there's data out there that shows you actually walk more at home than you do at work for most people. So here they are, all day being diligent. Then they come home and put their body weight times seven or more on their foot all night long. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Michael, what you what you you heard about that, and then what did you do? Yeah. So I thought of like if we could think of the foot defender as like our F1 car, right? This is where we're going to do all our research. F1 Formula One car. Listen to you. Ooh, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this, this is where we're doing all of our, our R&D, right? How can we take that down into like the BMW M3 that someone could drive to work every day, right? So 
we developed this product, the, the Cloud Nine. I drive my F1 to work every day. <laughs> um, yeah, and you, you get a ticket was, every day. That was my twelve-year-old dream. But um, so this has all the same material science that went into the Foot Defender. But this is something someone could wear uh, at home or when they don't need the Foot Defender anymore, or maybe before they even need the Foot Defender. If we could get them ahead of time into mm. something like this, we're going to launch it in a bunch of different colors. Um, and it's just something you could rock around the house really comfortably. I would um, totally wear that no matter what. There you go. That, <laughs> that is just yeah. like a super wait, wait, cool so you, looking so house it looks, shoe. Wait, what's the difference Makes between sense. that and like clogs? It's the, the same architecture, right? The same form factor. Yeah, it looks right? very Netherlands-y, right? right? Yes, but, but internally, we've got all the same material stack that's inside the foot defender. So that absorbium, uh, those two absorbium pucks, there's like, how thick is that insole, Jason? Like 22 millimeter, yeah, 30 millimeter insole. So it literally feels like you're walking on cloud nine. Uh, and then the last we developed, so- Just to be clear, cloud nine was a cloud rating system that uh, where the ninth of the, in the system was a, a, cumulo, a cumulus cloud, which Very included fluffy. cumulonimbus clouds, the puffiest of the clouds. So that led to the tradition of saying, I'm on cloud nine. Because you don't want to be on cloud seven because that's like mm. cirrus yeah. clouds and, and you know, that's, other whatever. That's where angels go to die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually never knew the origin of that. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, was a meteor, awesome, it was a meteorologist who went around the Welcome world the show. and he classified cloud types. And it just that's so happened awesome. that cloud nine was, a cum was the cumulus puffy a cotton cloud so, in the so sky. So, Jason, yeah. before we have to wrap all of this up, sadly, um, 130,000 amputations in the U.S. each year. How many do you estimate you could possibly take out of that good, number good question. with this boot and this foot? So imagine if we could get this, our technology on 10% of that number. Each one of those amputations costs the healthcare system half a million dollars. Oh, Each one. Oh. What? Ooh. Now, the, the price of the amputation isn't for the surgery. It's the prosthetic. Nah. It's for the rehab of the patient. Right. It's for mm. the, it's, it's, the it's healthcare for of that patient. And by the way, the mm. mortality rate at five years for these amputated diabetics is 50%. Damn. So it's higher than most so, cancers. So, so for, you go ooh. from amputation to five years of 50% mortality rate? Correct. Yeah. Oh my so the whole idea behind our business, the whole idea behind the foot defender and its offshoots is stopping that moment of tipping from treating a wound to a mortal amputation. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. So can you talk to us about price point? Because it seems as though that might be an important factor. I looked online and there's like crap boots for like $60. And then there's like these super like high tech looking boots for $400 and everything in between. So we're the... We are a approved reimbursable code by insurance. The code is L4361. It, it, it pays on average around the country around $295 for reimbursement. So we're selling to doctors and medical distributors. Um, they fix their own prices. Our current retail price is right in the middle of the range you just talked about at $250. Um, okay. So Wow. Isn't that cheaper than modern Correct. Air Jordans? Isn't it's that cheaper than a good pair of match, yeah. shoes or even running shoes right. at this point in time? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that is just tremendous on every level. Congratulations, wow. Wow. Yeah. guys. Congratulations. Yeah, you guys. Congratulations. I mean, 
you know, it's it's possible to to put design and science together and and try to save the world. Didn't I tell you and at the top, Neil? The sportiverse try to find a solution to this problem. This, exactly, mm. exactly. Well, Michael, Jason, thank you for being guests yeah. on Star Talk. Yeah. Uh, you've enlightened us, and you've enlightened our our audience. And we look forward mm. to the end of an entire category of amputations because nobody wants to lose any part of their body yeah. at any time. All right, so you guys have a website or something where people Absolutely. can dial Foot in on? Okay, that's clean and mm -hmm. simple enough. Excellent. And Michael, do you have like a design page or something where I can just hang out on it and look yeah, at this you stuff? Yeah, can, you can just go to uh, michaeldutulo.com or if you're on Instagram, uh, um, the, the letter D, the number two, L-O, D2Lo, phonetically. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you, he designed mm -hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Think? Even design your own damn name. Yeah. All right, <laughs> All right guys. This I, and Gary, Chuck, always good to have you. Oh, it's my a pleasure. pleasure. I love this topic. And Gary, keep digging up these topics. Oh, yeah. that this is coming out of your out of your satchel. Yeah, this, uh, so I love them you all. Know, we've got a production team and uh, we're going to keep mining. And uh, hopefully we yeah, can find people of this quality and uh, go forward. Let's keep doing it. All right. Neil deGrasse Tyson here. As always, keep looking up. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.